You are Locked On Chargers, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Chargers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up and welcome into the Locked On Chargers podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade. Joined as always by my co-host, Dave Jogmeyer. Today's episode is brought to you by Stat Hero. The first ever daily fantasy sports book that gives the player the advantage. Go to stathero.com slash locked on for 300% back on your first play. Before we get started, we are two writers who got our start at San Diego Sports Domination, San Diego's top sports blog. We've been covering the Chargers for over six years now. We also have our own Facebook Live show, Chargers Domination Live. I also write for the LA Football Network, and now this is our fourth season as the host of the Locked On Chargers podcast, bringing you your team every day. What's up, guys? Happy Friday, almost to the weekend. If you guys are listening to this on your way to work, you got it, right? And you, you can do it. You're so close. But before we get started, thank you to everyone who is checking out the show today, especially those who are checking it out for the first time. If you don't already, make sure to go follow the show so you stay up to date with all of the shows that come out. You can find us wherever you get your podcast from, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or the new Odyssey app. On today's show, We have a lot of very interesting things to talk about, but we're going to be sticking to a theme that the Chargers great players like Justin Herbert and Derwin James were a lot of the big reasons why the Chargers were able to bring in some of the really good coaches that they were able to bring in. So today, even though they happened earlier in the week, there was a lot of very interesting things said by Chargers coaches this week. We're going to start with Frank Smith, who was, you know, one of the biggest hires guy who worked with New Orleans in their offensive line. Also, most recently, Coach Darren Waller, who's you know one of the best tight ends in the NFL. So we're going to talk about his press conference and him talking about his time in New Orleans, just the way he talked about it. You can tell how special that time was. In the second segment, we're going to be talking about new quarterback coach Shane Day and what he's thought about Justin Herbert, a.k.a. one of the most special arms that he's been around. Another guy that brought a lot of that enthusiasm that we weren't seeing with previous coaching staffs we're still seeing much different press conferences and you know that's in a very very good way but to wrap up the show we're gonna look at the defensive side of things because we have new defensive backs coach Derek Ansley who also spoke on Monday and talked about Derwin James being one of the main reasons that he came to Los Angeles talked about Nazir Adderley's role talked about high capacity players and a ton of good stuff so let's go ahead and get into it The Chargers' new offensive line coach and run game coordinator, Frank Smith, spoke with the media on Monday, and I think we have to start here just by talking about what he had to say about being in New Orleans, because David, I mean, this is another guy that really, you know, when he got up to that podium, you can just feel the passion he has for football, right? I mean, at one point he's saying, hey, I'm doing this. Living in Orange County, California, I'm like a kid skipping to work every day, right? So like, he's all, does it get much better than this? <laughs> truly, I mean, it really doesn't. But when you spoke about New Orleans and seeing, you know, a place that has that championship pedigree, seeing how to build a championship contending roster, you can just tell how much admiration that he had for that place and Sean Payton specifically. And he said you can't even really explain how much he got out of. Working with Joe Lombardi, working with Sean Payton in New Orleans for five seasons. 
Yeah, I mean, he said he was a big picture guy with Sean Payton, said that, I mean, he got a PhD in football there. I mean, uh, he really spoke with a lot of reference uh, for, with his time with the New Orleans Saints. He said it really kind of formulated who he who he is as a coach. And, uh, you know, we, we saw that we saw him take that success to the Raiders impact Darren Waller, like you mentioned. And now he gets to work with the Chargers and really get to bring that knowledge from those places that he's been here to this team. And it is, you know, we talked about before the season when we saw all these guys bringing in guys from winning organizations, right? There is something to having guys in the building who've seen what it takes to get to those levels. And I think, like me, I think a lot of Charger fans have, you know, some affinity for New Orleans, right? I've always had a ton of respect for their organization. Drew Brees, I think we all wish the best for him when he left because of the circumstances, getting injured like that. I know that I did, so like... I've always followed the Saints and really liked what they've done there and been really Definitely impressed been by it. Definitely keeping him from afar. Sure, but like, he's right, you know. You win a Super Bowl, and ever since then, I mean, you've stayed competitive with Drew Brees and, you know, well into his 40s, right? They've evolved, they've stayed with the times, and they've still kind of kept the same things that have made them special, right? You talked about Aaron Cromer, too, who he learned under one of the best offensive line coaches in football, you know, hands down. That's not even a question there, but him saying... That was really what laid the bedrock for who I am, how I believe things, what I want to be as a coach, because I got to watch so many elite performers, players, and coaches do at that level. I'm forever grateful for my five years there. So cool, right? And he also just talked about them always giving, you know, and wanting the why and teaching you why things happen, right? And I think that's such an important part. It's not just, hey, go do this, right? It's why. And that was another thing that he talked about with his offensive line is just, Wanting it to be that collaborative work unit, and I think especially with the offensive line, there's five guys there that all have to be kind of working in synchronicity, right? So, like, it's really tough to get those guys to gel, but he said one of the ways that helps that is just all of these open lanes of communication, and when he talks, you believe him because he is a good communicator, and no one's pointing fingers. Nobody is saying, hey, this is what you did wrong. They're saying, this is what I see. This is how I see it, right? So, it creates more of that collaborative effect you're looking for and I think really gets players to fully listen instead of just kind of feeling attacked. And it seems like if there's any group on the Chargers that kind of needed a culture change, it's the offensive line group. And I think that communication and the vision they have for it is something that might help them get there. Yeah, no question. And I mean, that comes from Brandon Staley when they're talking about how they want to have a like image from the offense to the defense to the special teams and Frank Smith echoed that. He said, when, you, when you're trying to build this collective vision, I mean, it starts with clear, consistent, concise communication. And that's how they're going to kind of build this thing here. I mean, that's why they want that type of reciprocal relationship between the players and the coaches. That, that's how they feel like they're going to get the best out of them. And it seems like just listening to all the players that have come to the podium, all of them appreciate that approach. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, the other part of it is, is this guy has been coaching tight ends, right? I think he said like the last six seasons, but really it's been, you know, like a wide receivers coach because he's worked with guys like Jared Cook and also Darren Waller with Las Vegas now. So when he came to the Chargers, I mean, there was just one of those vibes of like, damn, the Raiders just lost a good one, right? And for an offensive line coach like him, I think it is a step up because he was an assistant offensive line coach with the Saints. He was a tight ends coach with the Raiders. Now he's an offensive line coach slash run game coordinator. More titles, more glory, but 
The mm-hmm. dude seems like he's just a good coach. I really liked what I heard from him. But the other thing that I thought was really interesting was him talking about developing players. And he said a key part of the development, right, is getting the right guys. Because that's the internal struggle that we've always had covering the charges. It's like, is Tom Telesco just bringing in bad offensive linemen, right? Or are they not getting developed the right way? Like the Forest Lamps and the Dan Feeney picks that people were really high on when they made them and having those guys, yeah, I mean, not work (laughs) out for them. Like, was it Tom Telesco's fault for picking those guys? Or was there just not enough development by the Chargers' previous offensive line coaches? But one of the things he said was just that now that he's done it so many times, like, he went from having an idea of the kind of guys he likes, right? Now he feels like he said he can really kind of know what it is he needs from a mental and a physical standpoint, and that those things don't really change a lot, right? So now he was able to really communicate with Tom Telesco to try to bring in the guys that he wanted and the traits that he wanted. And I think you saw that not just in free agency, but in the draft as well with Brandon Hymas and Rashawn Slater. Yeah, I mean, obviously the Chargers made the big impact by signing Corey Lindsley and all the other moves that they did in free agency addressing the offensive line, but they reinforced that and infused some youth with those picks with Rashawn Slater and Brennan Hymas. I mean, guys that are coming from great organizations, guys that, you know, in, in Brennan Hymas's case, brings a lot of uh, durability with him not missing any games in college, playing those 40 straight. I mean, just like to bring those type of guys to this offensive line. And he also kind of talked about his vision for developing players, which, I mean, one of those things that you talked about with Tom Telesco is that Tom Telesco not missing uh, not getting the right guys or is it the coaches not developing and we kind of got a a little bit of a a window inside of his mind when he talked about developing players and he says you know when you have the mental aspects that you're looking for and the physical aspects that you're looking for then it's just about refining it then they go and they try to marry those things together and then it goes to their performance on the field and also reinforcing those things with Uh, the teaching in the classroom so you just love to kind of get that idea of how he develops players because that's going to be key for this Chargers team they need better development up and down this roster one especially in the offensive line where we've seen injuries really take a toll on the unit right and the guys right now that they have backing the starters up for the most part are really inexperienced and haven't played well when they have been on the field so I think that'll be huge I mean the development of guys like Scott Questenberry and Trey Pipkins, right, will be huge. So those backups being much better in that, you know, and also keeping the starters at the same level, making them better as well. But to have, you know, less of a drop off when they potentially lose one of these guys, I think will be a key factor for the Chargers season as well in that offensive line and how we think about the whole group. Because one player can make it, make the whole group seem bad when it's with the offensive line, the whole thing's connected, but He wasn't the only one that talked in the press conferences. We also got to hear from Shane Day, who was absolutely buzzing. Another guy that you could feel the energy just radiating off of him, right? Even through a Zoom call, even through my laptop. You could tell how much the guy loved football, and I'm really excited about what he had to say about Justin Herbert and more. And we're going to get into that coming up right after this. But first, I need to tell you guys, this episode is brought to you by Stat Hero. Do you know that 85% of people who play daily fantasy sports lose? Is it really that surprising? The game is rigged against you. You're playing against thousands of other lineups. Not to mention you're also playing against experts, right? Who just sit there and do it all day. Who have more tools and more time. You don't stand a chance. Now, 
We're introducing Stat Hero. It's the first ever daily fantasy sportsbook that puts the players in control and puts winning within reach. Here's how it works Stat Hero shows you their lineups and dares you to beat them. It's you versus the house in a head to head fantasy matchup. If you guys have played daily fantasy before, you know that usually you pick your team. You don't know what team you're going up against, right? So you're submitting the money, and now you don't even know that the other guy is a juggernaut, right? He has the best possible team he could have. Stat Hero is changing the game up. You get to see who you're going up against and build a team to compete with that team. And all you have to do is go to stathero.com slash locked on, sign up for free, and right now you can get three times back on your first play. They're giving you a 300% match. That's unheard of. Go to stathero.com slash locked on, stathero.com slash locked on. I also need to tell you guys about the best protein bar on the planet, and I know you know you guys probably heard this show before. It's Built Bar, right? I mean, it's my favorite protein bar. It's absolutely taken over the protein bar role in my house. It's all me and my fiance eat. You know, when we're going out and doing stuff, whether we're going to on a hike or whatever, we always have a Built Bar. I mean, I'm pretty sure she probably has like six of my Built Bars right now in her purse. If I went and looked at it, but. Everyone has their flavor, and that's the thing about Built Bars. There's so many flavors to choose from. You got peanut butter brownie, which is my favorite. You can go double chocolate. You can go coconut almond. They're all 100% covered in chocolate and soft and easy to chew. But the nice thing is you get that variety. You can even buy a mixed box, so you can try a couple of each of the flavors, find out which one is your favorite. And the other thing is, is you can have that nice treat that tastes really like a candy bar and not have any guilt with your Built Bar because they all have 17 grams of protein for the most part, only 130 calories and only 4 grams of net carbs. That's super low. And right now, even better, we can actually save you guys some money since you listen to the Locked On Chargers podcast. If you go to BuiltBar.com, you can use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your first order. That's promo code LOCKED15, all caps, one word, for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. All right, David, well, I wanted to continue getting into these press conferences and we will flip things over to the defensive side of the ball. We will talk about Derwin Do James. Do we have you, to? No. Yeah, yeah I mean, you don't have to pry me to get to talk about Derwin James, right? <laughs> and I think probably most of the Chargers coaches feel the same way. But I do want to start with Shane Day here. And I know, you know, some of you guys might be thinking, why are we just doing press conferences during the podcast and stuff like that? Hey, maybe some of you guys, you know, watched all the press conferences, heard it all. I think these press conferences have given us some really, really good insight into what we can expect to see on the field. So that's why I felt it was important this week for us to be able to get to these. I know the shows are spread out, only three shows a week right now. Trust me, that's going to go by quicker than you think it is and quicker than we think it is. But <laughs> we did want to make sure we got to these, especially when the coaches have been bringing it the way that they have, right? I mean, I think on Wednesday's show, we did like one segment just on Chenna and Mike Williams because they weren't really giving a lot. These guys are giving a lot, right? And one of the themes that we got during these press conferences is Brandon Staley was important to bring in these coaches, you know, relationships and things like that. Shane Day didn't really have a coaching relationship with Brandon Staley, but he did know about Justin Herbert, right? And we have to remember that Shane Day made a lateral move coming from the 49ers and going to the Chargers, right? You don't usually see that. A quarterback coach going to be a quarterback coach somewhere else, right? It's usually you get the bump up to an offensive coordinator or something along those lines. Most offensive coordinators come from being quarterback coaches. But, David, if you're a quarterback coach, it's no surprise that one of the main things that Shane Day 
came to the Chargers for was absolutely Justin Herbert and was one of the first things that came out of his mouth. Oh, absolutely. I mean, why wouldn't you want to go play with one of the best up-and-coming young quarterbacks in the NFL, a guy who just won Rookie of the Year, who smashed almost every single QB rookie quarterback record? I mean, of course. It's a no-brainer, right? I mean, if I'm Shane Day and I, and I you know, spent a couple of good years with Justin Herbert and I turn this offense into a one-of-a-kind beast that just takes the league by storm, then my ability to get promoted or you know, the eyes that are going to be on me are definitely going to go up. And my opportunities because of that are going to go up as well. Absolutely. I mean, it's not hard to figure out, right? Look what happened. I, I feel like... If anything, Pep Hamilton didn't get enough credit for what he not, did with Justin not Herbert. Nearly because enough. now yeah, because now he's going to Houston in that same role. Usually you coach up a young quarterback like that, you're getting an offensive coordinator position, right? And I think, although he's not gonna say it, Shane Day has that, you know, in the back of his mind. Hey, this kid keeps going on the projection that he has been going on. I'm not gonna be a quarterback coach for very much longer because yeah, you get a lot of credit when you're a quarterback coach and your quarterback coach does really well, unless it's like, you know, an Aaron Rodgers or a Tom Brady, and then it kind of flips around where it's like <laughs> anybody could coach that guy. That guy's not doing anything. Right. But one of the things that was cool, though, was just seeing his excitement talking about Justin Herbert. He said he was a 5 to a player, said he was one of the most special arms that he's been around, which obviously, right? I mean, the guy has an absolute cannon. 65 yards flat-footed, thank you very much. Yeah, I mean, he put on a show at his pro day. But another thing he said is just that Justin Herbert isn't having a tough time transitioning to this new offense. And we talked about it earlier in the week. You know, Justin Herbert might be uniquely qualified for picking up new offenses because he's had to do it every season for the past six seasons, whether it's in college or at the professional level, right? But what he said was that he's very smart. Football is very important to him. And he also feels like for Justin Herbert, things are actually starting to slow down down for him which obviously that's pretty crazy considering what we just saw from him his rookie season so David it is nice to hear you know he's not coming out and saying like hey you know Justin Herbert's gonna be fine you know there's making some mistakes that we expect him to make all of those things could be said about a quarterback who's struggling early on and you know this could just be lip service as well but seeing that Justin Herbert is asking the right type of question seeing how quickly Shane Day thinks he's picking it up and how excited he is about it definitely gives you some hope, right? That we can continue this narrative of Justin Herbert's not going to have a sophomore slump. He's actually going to, you know, potentially push for an MVP vote or something along those lines. Yeah. I mean, definitely the goal is to formulate this offense, to put him in the best positions to do that. Right. I mean, I think the chargers organization and chargers fans alike would love to see Justin Herbert, in that MVP conversation, but that means everything has to be, everything has to be flowing exactly the way they want it to. And Justin Herbert wanting to know the why, not only behind what he's supposed to do, but be, but behind what the running backs are trying to do, what the wide receivers are doing, what the offensive line is doing. He said, Shane Day said he wants to know the why behind all of that, and that will allow him to master this offense better and allow things to slow down. And the fact that he said he's sped up where he is supposed to be at and that where he's at right now is perfect. I mean, 
that's awesome. And also, I, I just wanted to highlight their level of communication and how transparent they were. He, he said that they talk daily, they're texting, they're calling, they're FaceTiming. I mean, that is really cool. It just lets you know that, I mean, just like Shane Day said, this obviously is very, very important to Justin Herbert. Well, it's not just Shane Day that's learning either, right? And yeah, I think he said ever since the first time they talked to each other, right after he pretty much got there, they haven't not talked to each other any day. They haven't gone a full day without speaking. That's a good relationship for sure. And I mean, obviously, it's important to know that he can come to him at any time, right, and ask him any kind of question. But the other thing about Shane Day is he's just getting here, right? It's going to take him Mm -hmm. time to kind of establish himself, learn everybody, learn the other new coaches that he's with. But he does have a couple of guys that are making that job a little bit easier because he did say one of the things that he's really been interested so far because he said that he was really excited to work with Brandon Staley was just Brandon Staley using that defensive-minded coach that came from being a quarterback in the quarterback room and helping the Chargers quarterbacks that way and just saying, hey, listen, this is what you're doing. As a defensive coach, this is how I'm going to try to attack you. And he said that was something... Really fun to see, you know, up close and personal. And the other part of it was this Chase Daniel. And he really heaped a lot of praise onto Chase Daniel, not just for being the mentor to Justin Herbert as someone that had two stints with the New Orleans Saints and really has that offense down. But he's also helping Shane Day as well kind of give the why for those things, right? When they're going through it, he actually has in-game experience running that offense. So it is hard, you know, to come in as a first-year quarterback coach, especially with the expectations of coaching Justin Herbert after a rookie of the year season. But it is nice to know it really is staying collaborative. He does have some help. Yeah, and and it's funny because Shane Day was talking about how, you know, he was admiring the Saints offense from from afar and said that, you know, some of the things that he thought he was right about, he was right about. And then some of the other things he was completely off. And he said that Chase Daniel was the guy that was helping him interpret some of those things from Joe Lombardi, obviously having conversations with Joe Lombardi as well. But I mean, that's important for Shane Day because, I mean, they brought him over here with a purpose. I mean... The running concepts from the San Francisco 49ers were extremely effective. And, I mean, Kyle Shanahan, that was one of the things, that innovation in that realm of football is what they wanted to bring over to this offense that they're formulating for Justin Herbert. So a better running game, a better passing game is all going to help Justin Herbert perform better on Sunday. It's pretty ironic because technically his title is the quarterback coach slash passing game coordinator, but... (laughs) You know, going to that wide zone running scheme, they're using him a lot. And he said the conversations have been going on with him, Frank Smith, and Joe Lombardi to install some of those running concepts that Kyle Shanahan and his dad were both made famous by, right? So that part of it is really exciting as well, seeing that collaborative effort take place right now to try to build an offense around the strengths of these players, which is super encouraging. But We have one more guy who is excited about a lot of his players, and that's Derek Ansley, the Chargers' new secondary coach. So we're going to get into why he came to the Chargers and his thoughts on Asante Samuel Jr. and Nazir Adderley so far, and we're going to get into that coming up right after this. But first, I need to tell you guys, if there's any kind of auto part that you ever need, I hope you guys know that there's only one place to go, and that is rockauto.com. First of all, they just have the biggest inventory that you're going to find. I mean, they just have an inventory that you'll never be able to find going chain storefront to chain storefront. And especially it's good because you don't have to go talk to anybody to do it, right? You don't have to go up to the counter, man, have him, you know, flip through some books or go through his computer to try to find the part 
that they're going to get shipped from another store and then maybe it'll be there in two weeks. You're going to bypass that whole process because even me as a guy who doesn't know a ton about cars, I was able to go on rockauto.com, type in the type of car that I have, and in a few easy clicks, not only did I find the part, not only did I get it delivered straight to my door without even having to leave my house, I also got it for a great price. And that's the thing about Rock Auto. Whether you're a do-it-yourselfer or a mechanic, it doesn't matter. Everyone is getting the same low price. So whether you guys need motor oil, car new carpets, or even brake parts, whatever it is, you can find it at rockauto.com. And all you have to do is go there now to see all the parts they have available for your car or truck and make sure to tell them that Locked On sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com. All right, David, well, enough talking about the offense, which we're all very, very excited for, but there's a lot to be excited about on the defensive side of things as well, especially that secondary, because the Chargers of, you know, the last couple of years, for the most part, I mean, the secondary was something that we were usually getting excited about, especially when it was, you know, Casey Harrow Jr., the addition of Chris Harris Jr., a healthy Derwin James. Obviously, excitement Hold on. turned. Say that last part again. Excitement about Derwin James, which, you know, obviously is ever present, you know, exactly. and overflowing. But there, I'm not the only guy that's excited about it, right? Because like we talked about with Shane Day, I mean, he very transparent. One of the reasons I came here was the opportunity to work with Justin Herbert, right? So then when Derek Ansley is asked the same question as the defensive bass coach, he didn't say Derwin James first. He said, I wanted an opportunity to work with Brandon Staley, one of the defensive minds that I respect the most, which I I think so too. I agree with you, Derek. But the one player he talked about, he said, I also wanted to work with a very talented defensive backfield, including Derwin James, right? And I think we talked about that being the theme. But yeah, there's a couple other guys. You know, Chris Harris Jr. is exciting. You know, Michael Davis is exciting. But when you're a defensive backs coach, I mean, there isn't a much better prospect than getting a chance to go coach someone that's going to make your job so much easier, like Derwin James when he's healthy. Yeah, I mean, Derwin James, I, I mean, I'm a wrestling fan, okay? I mean, you can make fun of me for it if you want to, but one of one of the guys is is that I enjoy watching is Randy Orton. And one of the things that the commentators like to say about him is that if you were to build a WWE superstar from the ground up, it would look like Randy Orton. If you were to build a safety from the ground up, it would look like Derwin James because Derwin James can do everything on that football field. So, of course, Derek Ansley is excited to coach that guy. I mean, that guy is an alpha dog. I mean, we've said it a million times, and he looks healthy. He looks strong, and we are all excited to see what he is going to do in this defense. And it still, you know, scares the hell out of me when I see him doing like one-legged jumps over a bench and stuff like that. Still, yeah, really you want to bubble wrap him, and be like, "Hey, go over there, sit on the bench, look pretty." Just let's just don't not get do her. anything crazy, you know. Do do <laughs> some standard stuff, but nothing crazy out of you, all right, kid. We need you out there. But that wasn't the only guy he sounded excited about, right? And he talked about a lot of guys, you know, talked about Michael Davis being in the top one percent athletically in the NFL as far as a height, weight, speed guy, as he called him, and being a big part of their defense. Talked about, you know, Chris Harris Jr.'s veteran leadership. Talked about even a guy like Brandon Faison needing some development but being excited about him on the outside. But I think one of the guys we all wanted to hear about was Asante Samuel Jr. And I think one of the things that was pretty impressive about what he had to say about Asante Samuel Jr. was just 
what he was asking. This is what he said. A lot like Derwin, I don't want to compare them, but Asante's a ball guy. He's another high-capacity guy, very detail-oriented, doesn't like to make mistakes, asks next-level type of questions. Outside of being a rookie, he doesn't really talk or think that way. He's got a big future ahead of him as well. So, David, that is really promising to hear for someone who you kind of need to be beyond his years a little bit as someone who we expect to contribute for this team very early on. Yeah, well, it seems like that mentality and just that that workmanlike attitude was kind of created at St. Thomas Aquinas. I mean, that NFL just, you know, railroad tracks directly to the NFL. I mean, the amount of guys that have come out of that high school is absolutely incredible. But, I mean, it seems like that like mentality was fostered at that point, and then it was just reinforced in college. He even he said that, <laughs> Asante Samuel Jr. said that, High school was more difficult than college. So, I mean, that's that's just goes to show you what his experience uh, was like. But taking that attitude and having that as a rookie in the NFL, saying he, he's very serious and he's very professional, he asks those next-level questions, those are all great things to hear. And, I mean, to get compared to Derwin James, I mean, when I first heard that, I was like, wait, what? And then I, er- I, I heard the why behind that. And then I think that is just a phenomenal compliment to Asante Samuel Jr., yeah, and I think a lot of people took that as Asante Samuel Jr. is going to play safety, right? So, I don't think that's at all what he was saying. Nah. At the same time, I mean, it wouldn't be the craziest idea in the world, right? I mean, especially just his willingness to tackle the fact that he's not the last line of defense. Yeah, I mean, he could probably play a little bit of safety. I wouldn't mind it, but I think people were getting carried away with that quote specifically for that reason because... One of the things that Derek Ansley talked about when he talked about high-capacity guys is when you're a high-capacity guy, that means you're learning different positions, right? They're not developing corner safety, nickels, dimes. They're trying to put together the total defensive back package. But this is the part that interests me. We try to get as many guys as we can to play multiple roles so that when they're playing one position, they know exactly what is going on around them. And I think that part of it's super important because... Especially in the secondary, everybody has to stay connected, right? You don't want to see guys screaming at the safety, why weren't you over the top, right? I thought I had help. Why are you inside? You're supposed to be outside, right? You have to have that great communication. And I think when everyone knows, hey, if I was playing corner right now instead of safety, this is what I would be doing. That's what that guy's going to do. That's huge. That's huge for a defense, knowing where everybody is going to be. And that is such an important part of a Brandon Staley defense that, I definitely get it from that aspect. I don't think he's playing safety, but I do think that Nazir Adderley is going to be playing a lot of safety. But now we know he's probably going to play some corner too because, once again, Derek Ansley kind of reinforced that Nazir Adderley wants to play multiple positions, that he's a big-picture glue type of guy. He's impressed us with some of the high-level questions he's asked, some of the performances he's put together in our meeting sessions and out on the field through the OTA practices. He also said that, He has some work to do as far as covering guys out of the slot, being in the deep part of the field and the technique that comes along with that. So I like the transparency of, hey, he still has to work on some things, but you're not going to see anybody, you know, talking about Nazir Adderley like he just came off a bad season, which really he did, but you wouldn't know by hearing these coaches. Yeah, no, you wouldn't. And uh, I mean, I think that's the best way to go about it is, yeah, you, you look at the body of work from last year. 
But, I mean, these guys should have a clean slate. I mean, they're installing a new defense, a lot of new concepts, a lot of different personnel groupings. So, I mean, so far so good for Nazir Adderley. It seems like every single coach who has talked about him has been impressed with what he has showed his capacity to be on the mental side and how he's deploying that on the football field, even at a walking pace. So, uh, you got to be excited about Nas. I mean, Nas has been one of our guys. I mean, we... I've been waiting for Nas to break out. Hopefully, this is the year in Brandon Staley's defense. And like Chris Havery talked about, right? Him and Derwin James haven't been healthy on the field at the same time, really. So that's something else to look forward to. And I think for Derek Ansley, one of the other things that kind of came out of this was just how many of these guys he knew in some aspect, right? Like with Nazir Adderley, he was with the Raiders and they were their senior bowl coaches. So he knew him, kind of scout him. Tried to recruit Derwin James. Tried to recruit Asante Samuel Jr. Like, this is the other aspect of getting these college coaches. These guys are familiar with these players, right? Even though they're not necessarily scouts or anything like that. They know these guys because they already had to scout them at one point. They've already talked to them. They've already been in their living room, potentially, trying to pitch, you know, for him, Tennessee. Or, you know, he was with Alabama for a while. So, that is a very interesting part of this is just how many connections have already been made there. I mean, knowing Brandon Faison, knowing Asante Samuel Jr., Derwin James, he's known all these guys in some capacity, and I do think that has helped him. And he said it's helped him kind of have a smoother transition to being the defensive backs coach on this team. And he also credited Ronaldo Hill a lot for kind of taking him under his wing. But a lot of really good stuff from these press conferences. Hopefully they stay this substantial, right? I mean... Coaches start to kind of lock up a little bit when the losses start coming by, right? You're not going to get as talkative of coaches. And for the most part, like, you're not hearing from the quarterback coach. Really, honestly, you're not hearing from the defensive backs coach. How many Ron Miles press conferences can you remember in the middle of the season, right? So you're not going to really hear from these guys very much. So it is nice to kind of get an idea of what they're going to try to roll out with the Chargers. But that is going to wrap things up for today's show. We hope everyone has a great weekend, but until then, make sure to go follow the show wherever you get your podcasts from. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, pretty much wherever you get your podcast, the new Odyssey app. You can follow us there to make sure that you guys never miss a show. If you guys want to rate and review, especially on Apple Podcasts, to raise our rating a little bit and keep the show going, we would really appreciate it. We also need some voicemails. We haven't got, I don't think, any voicemails in the last few days, so if you guys want to get your thoughts your questions, your comments on the show, make sure to call 323-524-7924. The shorter they are, the more concise they are, the better audio quality they are, the more likely they are to get on the show. But we'd love to get you guys more involved. Next week, we'll probably try to incorporate some of the stuff we missed with Twitter Tuesday, kind of get some questions out there on Twitter potentially. So if you guys want to find those, make sure to follow the show at LockedOnLAC on Twitter. You can also find me at DanTalkSports and David at Drotalk SD on Twitter as well, but you can also find us on Facebook on our Facebook page, Locked On Chargers, and our at Locked On Chargers Instagram page. But we'll be back with you guys next week. We'll have some training camp battles to talk about. We'll have mini camps potentially coming out, and we'll try to get some more guests to bring on for you guys as well. But that's going to do it for this week. Until next week, guys, take it easy and go bolts.